Welcome everyone to the Hot Widows Club. My name is Crystal and I'm the Hot Widow of Eric. And with me tonight, I have my dear friend, Allie, who is the Hot Widow of Ross. Hello. And we're here to welcome you all to the Widowhood, the worst hood to be in, I think. I don't know. I'm glad to have you. I'm glad to have you too. I mean, it's fun to be with you. I yes. have like great jokes with you, have great memories, great things. Like you're the hood I want to be in. Yeah. There's no place I'd rather be. Agreed. So tonight's episode of The Widowhood is uh, rather erratic, likely because we have drank too much tequila already. Crystal made me do a photo shoot. I did. <laughs> I did because we do need to market our podcast as a businesswoman. We do we need do. to. You're right. Thank God I have you. Yeah. We need to market our podcast because we have a demographic we want to reach. And if we don't market that, it won't reach the right demographic. Right. So, yeah, I, uh, I'm drunk and I'm not wasted, but I've, you know, had more than I should have. We dressed up tonight. We did dress up. We look up. good. Yeah. For the photo shoot. So excited to be fancy. Yeah. Excited to be tipsy with my boo. Yeah. So excited. <laughs> Doing our stuff. So I think tonight I have a couple of things I want to update. You yeah. okay with that? Yeah. Go for it. You start it. All right. So. A few episodes back, Allie talked about laughing again and she talked about like feeling happy. And one of the things I want to share with our audience, because you guys don't see us, you don't know us. But when Allie laughs, she laughs with her entire body Oh my God. and she smiles from ear to ear and she shrugs her shoulders up to her beautiful face and her, she has this long, beautiful red hair that just flows perfectly and she pulls her knees up into her chest. She's the most beautiful thing you've My ever God. seen. So I love seeing her laugh and Thank smile. You. And it's so, it's so great to be able to be your partner. Thanks, Crystal. And to have you make me feel so good. And hopefully I get to offer that to you. You do. You make me laugh. And good. I need that. Good. I'm glad. Um, our photo shoot was so interesting. <laughs> I'm excited to see what we, what comes of it, you know? I mean, I feel like anytime we're together, it's just fun. Like we're just making this fun. Yeah. And because we're in a shitty situation, we both can tell you we didn't have the best weeks. We're laughing, but that doesn't mean that we had the best week. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was crying like two hours ago, missing Ross. It's just, that's what this is about. That's what grief is. That's right. Grief is not something that just goes away. It's is constant and it comes and it goes and sometimes unpredictable. And I'm sure later tonight I'll go home and because I won't be with Crystal and I will curl up in my bed and I will cry because I am missing her and I am missing Ross. I'm missing my best friends and it is not easy. Grief is the hardest thing I've ever gone through. It hurts. And it just physically, like there's moments where you're just, you're all of a sudden you're fine. It gets cool. Like life is going on. And then a song comes on mm -hmm. and you start crying or, you know, you walk into your closet and you see your husband's clothes and you start crying. Yes. This weekend I was telling someone that I was literally in my closet hugging my husband's clothes because I was like, if I grabbed enough of them, it'd be big enough to feel like him. Yeah. Just so that I could get him to feel like to feel him with me. 
Isn't that crazy? Yes. I mean, I do the same thing. You've done that? Uh-huh. I, I sometimes I just sit in my closet, one, to get away from my boys, but two, just to, I feel Ross in my closet. I just feel him there because his clothes are there, his shoes are there, his hats. God, Eric's hats smell like shit. But don't you love it? I have never smelled them since he died. His hats? Gross. Why would I smell his shitty hat? Oh, I smell them. I smell, I'm weird, huh? Am I the weird? I mean, maybe I will. I don't care. Oh, I, I mean, definitely smelled the hats. I mean, I smell his clothes. Like, I get him as close to me as I can. I, maybe this is weird, but I'm just, again, throwing it out there. I will find um, on his clothes and his hats in particular, like little pieces of his hair. Oh. And I'm, they're like treasures to me. Wow. I'm like, <gasps> you know. It's a piece of him. It's a piece of him. Yeah. Yeah. Those pieces of hair. I'm just like, whoa. Mm -hmm. I did have a question for you tonight, which kind of goes with the hair piece, but. Okay. So we buried Ross. But I'm really curious on Eric's ashes. Mm -hmm. Have you actually looked at his ashes? How do they come? Like, what is that process like? Yeah, well, that's a big, heavy question for me because it's, I wanted to talk about his ashes tonight too. So, and I think it's kind of stemmed by talking about it last episode, but so Eric's ashes sit in my closet because as you all know, that's where I perform, if you will. <laughs> You're wiggling your shake. I wiggle yeah. in my shake. And they sit up there. I do not open them. I'm scared to death to open them. I don't move them often. But like, okay, so it's like in a box that it's you in a can box. open. Yeah, it's in a box. And like a shoe box? It's a bigger box, bigger than a shoe box. And it's tied up. And when I was at the mortuary, they told me that when I was ready, they would put them into an urn or something. But um, that wasn't my thing. Mm-hmm. So I just said, I just want him right now. Just give him back to me right now. And the thing about his ashes, they're in a box, in a bag, in my closet. And um, when Eric was really sick, not really sick. I mean, this was just at some point in our journey. The kids and I were coloring and I colored a picture of a woman sitting on a rock overlooking the mountains with a river. And I colored it and I just wrote on top, to dad from mom. And I put that next to him so that because he loved and I love like he loved the mountains so much. That was his thing. And shortly before he died, he said to me, you know, I was thinking about my ashes and I was thinking about you could put them, you know, here and there and here and there. And I said, Eric, I said, would you be okay if I just keep them until I'm ready? And then when I'm ready, can I take them to that place in the mountains? And spread them there. And he's like, I wouldn't want anything but that. And so Allie and I are headed to the mountains. And so just this week, Allie was saying, you know, we're going to the mountains, you know, we're going to do this. I said, I don't want to do anything because I just want to be with you. Yeah. And I want to climb the mountains and I'm in search of that spot. So you're ready to let him go. I am not ready to let him go. <laughs> yeah. But I want to know where it's at. I want to start finding so you want to it. find that spot. Because. Yeah. I know I need a path forward. I have. To move forward. Yeah. Because I'm living in this grief with Eric, but I want more. I am ready to carpe diem, right? I am ready to do different things and see different things and explore this world. And I don't ever want to lose Eric, 
but I need to find a place that isn't this immense sadness. Yeah. And that feels ugly. That feels so bad because I'm like, I don't want to forget him, but I, I'm living in this. I feel like I'm living in this shit show of grief and sadness. And, you know, my husband died and I have three kids and I have this big job and I have all these things going on. But why can't I just say I'm grateful that I have this big job and I am grateful that my husband was here to give me three kids and I have three healthy kids and I'm a healthy female. I am young. I am energetic. I need to move forward. Like it's clear anybody who's listening to this knows, yes, I'm obsessed with my husband and that will never change in me. But it can't be held back by my sadness. I got to go on. I have no idea what that looks like. I'm here for you, but I don't even know what that looks like. Because I'm in the same boat. I mean, I can't even imagine not having this grief because it's so part of me. It actually scares me to like lose the grief because I'm like, I feel like I will lose a part of Ross. That's what I'm scared of. It's time for me to look at the next step. Now, that doesn't mean that I'm forgetting Eric, moving away from Eric, anything with Eric. Like, I mean, like just I was telling you, only like this week, like I couldn't even get dressed because when I used to get dressed, Eric, Eric could not keep his hands off of me ever. And so as soon as I would get dressed, he'd be obsessed with me and a couple of things I put on this week, I was like, oh my God, Eric would not have been able to handle this outfit. And so I sent pictures to poor Allie in this outfit. Like she looked great, very hot. But you know what? I, I needed someone to say to me, damn girl, right? Because I miss my husband. Right. And even if I say it too, because I did, it's not what you want. It was close. I mean, but you want, I think at the, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. You want his touch. What you're missing is him obviously saying you look hot, but you're missing his touch. Mm -hmm. I mean, I miss Ross's touch. I, I think about it every day. I do too. It's again, something you take for granted until you've lost it, but I crave his touch. God, me too. I remember sitting in the car next to him, holding his hand and I can look over in the car and I can see him. Like I can, if I sit down and process, I can look over and I can see him. Like I can, like I can picture him. Obviously I can't see him. Come on. I'm not crazy, but, and I'm tipsy, but I can see. Yeah. Like I can picture him. Right. I can't feel him obviously, but I can picture him. And I just remember him looking at me and the way he used to look at me in the car when I would drive, which was rare because I prefer to be driven. Yeah, I do too. What other updates do I have, Al? Shoes are going great. Air Forces look good. Loving that. Wedding ring. I'm in a pretty comfortable place. Taking it off. I do wear the other band on my right hand. He wanted me to do that. I'm cool with that. So that's going okay. I'm comfortable. It was tough but I'm getting comfortable with it. Yeah. I mean, I still look at it and I'm like, God, I wish that was there, but I'm comfortable with it being off. Has anybody noticed? Mm -mm. Not even my kids. Or said anything? Mm -mm. Isn't that crazy? Mm -hmm. I'm okay with that. I don't need, 
don't need that energy. Feel different though. I feel you seem different tonight. Maybe it's the tequila. <laughs> I think it is the tequila. <laughs> Let's see. Carpool, no issues. Good. That's great updates. Positive. School's almost done. So have you had anybody since our signs episode aired? Have you had anybody share any of their signs with you? Mm. Not necessarily with about Eric, but just in general. I've had a few folks comment on the bird situation. Yeah. That they've identified birds as signs. Yeah. I notice more signs. I thought of one that I forgot to mention. What's that? So before Eric got sick, I walked past a penny that was tails up. And I picked it up because it was on the floor. Then like a week later, Eric got diagnosed with cancer. <laughs> Don't, that's superstition. Oh my god! Don't gosh. pick up a tails up penny. Oh my god! What about you? Have you? Well, I mean, we got an email. Your Eric's. Eric's didn't best we get friend. A, yes. And I thought her email was brought up a really good point because she mentioned songs. Yes. And I can't tell you how many times saw a song will come on and that is a sign. It's like there's certain songs that will just randomly come on. And I'm sure this has happened to you where you're like, whoa. And it automatically takes you to a place in time. That's how songs are. But I think Ross has placed certain songs at certain times. The coincidence is just, it, it's too bizarre. So I do think, yeah, I agree with you, Jenny, that songs are a sign. Mm -hmm. Eric was huge into music. In fact, I just put a picture in my house. So my house is kind of eclectic and I like it that way. I don't like to have a defined style, which is a little bit like me anyways. But I just put a picture of Eddie Vedder in my office because it was Eric's like this huge poster of Eddie Vedder. And so I was like, you know what? I'm putting this in my office. I'm putting this in the house. Like, even though it's old and outdated, this is going up to commemorate Eric. Eric loved music so much. So Jenny uh, mentioning that is really big deal because she knows how much he loved music. I told you already about Eric's boss and they always had the Friday afternoon club and they drank a lot of tequila. So I miss him because Eric's boss is not only his boss, is his very best friend. Those two had a bond like no other. And I know how much he is hurting. It's hard. And Eric's entire office is hurting because they're all so close. There's a bunch of dudes just doing work together. And they meant the world to Eric. They were like family. It was a small family-owned business. They mean the world to me. So on Sunday, when I was having a breakdown, like I was having a breakdown, but I was just, I was crying a lot. I was able to text him and I was able to say, I miss him so much. And Eric and his boss, Bill, always had this thing that they did. Whenever they would talk, they would talk on the phone and all they would say is, yep, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it was just back and forth. And so when I texted Bill over the weekend, I was like, this is so hard. I miss him so much. Bill just responded with, yeah. And I knew what that meant. I knew that meant the bond between Bill and Eric. And oh, yeah. So that's great that I have him in my life. He's a cool, dude. 
so I want to go back to ashes. I want to dive deeper into it because, you know, everybody dies and you have the choice to be buried or to be cremated. And I think a lot of people are fascinated by that or intrigued because how do you make that decision? Uh, did Eric make that decision? Mm -hmm. And yeah, why did. did he choose that? Do you know? You know what? I don't know. Eric was very environmentally conscious. And so he didn't want to be putting much into the earth. I'm assuming that was part of his decision to be cremated, but we talked about it multiple times. And yes, I'm, without a doubt, that was yeah. Eric's decision to be cremated. Yeah. I mean, we talked, Ross talked about it too, what he wanted, mm -hmm. but I just was curious on that because I know other people until you are in this situation, you don't think about that. You don't think about, do you want to be cremated or not? Or do you want to be buried? Where do you want to be buried? I'm curious. I have never thought to even ask you this. Like, you yeah. guys didn't think you guys didn't think Ross was going to die. So when did you buy the burial plot? How did that happen? Oh, I bought him after because we didn't. He didn't think he was going to die. The only thing he told me, and this was before, like while we were married, before he was even diagnosed, he said, "I want to have a headstone." I want to have one of those headstones that sticks out of the ground. I don't want one that's in the ground. And that's the only way I knew what he wanted. We never talked about it. I just knew he wanted to be buried. He wanted to be buried with a headstone that was sticking up, not in the ground, if that makes sense. So he yeah. wanted one that was upright. And there's only a few cemeteries in Omaha that have that. And so... I had to do all of that after Ross passed two days after he died. I had to go pick out our burial plots and you can't just pick one. You have to buy two at a time. Mm -hmm. So it was picking my own, which is very, very morbid. Yeah. But also figuring out what headstone, I, I mean, I had to design our whole headstone myself. I had to pick out what, you know, designs to put on it. I ended up picking out a black shirts for Ross because he was the biggest Husker fan. So there's a, you know, a skull <laughs> on yeah. his headstone and golf. He, he also loved to golf. And so I did that as well. But then I had to pick out my own. I bet that was hard. Alan. Yeah. I mean, my name is literally on a headstone. I know exactly where I'm going to be. It is. And I visit it. I was just there a couple days ago. What if you got remarried? You know, um, I think it was my mom brought that up. Maybe somebody had asked me before I bought it. And I thought it doesn't matter who, even if I was to get remarried, they would need to know that this is important to me. Mm -hmm. Ross will always be a part of my life. He will always be my love. Like I will always love him. And so I, I, I can't even imagine dating one. But two, if that does ever happen and I do ever get remarried, it would have to be to somebody that would understand that. Like that's just straight up. And there's multiple plots next to ours. I mean, I, I don't know. It's just weird to think about, but that's what it is. I'm proud of you. That had to have been really, really difficult. It was. And I, I did it with my, I did it with Gus. Like we did it together and Gus was a part of all of it. 
it kills me that my, my son had to help me through all of that. And he didn't help me. I, I would never put that on him, but he wanted to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. You know, I would say, I'm going to do this and do it. I want to go with you, mom. I want to do that. Nothing was ever sad to him. Mm-hmm. Like this is just, he's learned at a really young age. This is just part of life. Yeah. And we visit dad all the time. And we, uh, recently our dog died. I think I told you that Fred. And so I just got his ashes back. And, and so that's what made me, that's what kind of made me think about ashes. And, and I, and so I wanted to talk to you about that because I, I'm intrigued by it. I'm like, what Uh do I do with Fred's ashes? So we had Lizzie, who's our other dog. She passed away in 2020, like uh, two months after Jane had passed. And uh, we had her cremated and we ended up burying her in our, like she's in a box in our front yard. We kept her until we moved into our new house and then we buried her in our front yard. But now I have Fred's ashes and I'm like, what do I do with these? It's just, I buried Lizzie with Ross we and the kids mm-hmm. and walking through my kids again about death and dying right. and saying goodbye. We did that with Fred. It's just my poor kids have had, had no more about death than no other five and three-year-old know about. Right. And it's just, it's, it's so, it's so hard. And my, and, and Gus has been asking me for another dog. He's like, I want to get another dog. And I, I am absolutely terrified not to get another dog, not for the work, not for all of that. Crystal, it is, I am terrified to go through another death and you would think, okay, she's used to this. Like by now I I've lost Jane and then Ross and then our dogs. And it's just, but I'm terrified of it because I know the pain. And so I don't want another dog because I don't want to go through that. Isn't that so sad? It is not sad, Allie. That's normal. And that is, man, what you've been through is intense. Yeah, it is. And you can have Kevin. <laughs> he's he's always available. So there's I that. Know. I remember talking to Eric about his ashes. I remember that moment now that you're bringing that up and that picture. And I remember like him t- saying what he wanted at that moment. And I came upstairs and he he called for me. Like he yelled for me, Crystal, can you come up here? Which he never did because he just never wanted me to be displaced. And he called for me to come upstairs and he came upstairs. He's laying in the bed and he said he was thinking about where he wanted to put his ashes. And I said, I was thinking about this. And I remember him, like that was one of the moments where he was slightly weak. Like he was, he cried and he was a little sad. And I remember just crawling into bed with him putting my arms around him and laying on him and just like kind of weeping together over the space. So I think that may be why I'm so anxious about our trip. Not that I'm not bringing his ashes with, I'm not ready to lose those yet. I mean, yeah, I would have to be able to wiggle and shake somewhere else. I don't know. what to. <laughs> well, you can, I, I follow some people on Instagram who have, lost children and they had their kids cremated. And what's interesting is they're, they've actually had, you can get the ashes put into jewelry. And I thought that was interesting. Something that you can, 
carry with you wherever you go. It's like a necklace or a ring or, I mean, who knew that you can do this stuff? I don't think I want ashes, but I think I'm going to, I'm going to make something for my kids. Yeah. And if they want it, they can have it, but I'm going to keep it because they may decide they want it later on in their life. Yeah. I'm going to make something for Eric's mom and dad and for his sister. He has, he came from a pretty small family. And so I know that they'll definitely want a piece of him, but I know that he wanted me to go and to do this. And it will be a very private moment between Eric and I that I'm scared about, but I'm not ready to do, but I know what he wanted. And I will, I will do that when I'm ready, but I'm, I am nowhere near ready. Yeah. I would love to hear from another widow or widower um, who has dealt with ashes and when did you spread them? What did you do with them? What are your thoughts on those? Yeah. Write to us. Yeah. At hot widows club podcast at gmail.com. Yeah. We'd love to hear from you guys on ashes and what you've done with them. I guess on Ozark, a TV show. Have you seen that? I have. There was an episode about sleeping with ashes. Oh, I've never I slept. haven't seen the latest episode. Yeah. I've never seen the latest s- season. Mm-hmm. I have had a friend who, um, not Lindsay, but somebody that I've met who had her husband cremated. And this was, I think she said seven years ago. And what she has done is that every place that she visits, she sprinkles a little bit of the ashes everywhere she, you know, travels to. Mm-hmm. So her husband's ashes are all, all over. But what I thought was interesting when she told me this, and I didn't even think about it, is that uh, when she spreads these ashes, afterwards, the ashes are on her fingers, right? Because mm-hmm. she uses her hands. She then, which this might sound gross to people, but she licks her fingers because she doesn't want to waste any of those ashes. So she licks her fingers. Wow. Isn't that amazing? That is amazing. (laughs) I know. I'm just like, you shouldn't even judge her for it because it's like, that's what love does. Grief is just love. It's just our way of loving. And you can't judge how anybody grieves. And I just, I found that story fascinating. That is fascinating. You have a lot of really good stories about widows and the way that they've handled their grief. I wonder if someday somebody will have stories about us and the way we've handled our grief. Oh gosh. (laughs) Case study. Oh man. (laughs) Is this crazy Allie? (laughs) Oh, that was back at Allie and Crystal were nuts. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So I, um, I think the ashes is uh, intriguing too. They scare me a little bit sometimes. I know I told you I grabbed them in the storm. Yeah. Because I don't want to lose them. Ever. I, yeah, I just am fascinated by the ashes too. I was, I was also reading a story recently about a mother who had lost her child and she was talking about the ashes and the ashes were like almost white And because the child was young, uh, so the ashes were almost pure, right? And then she was talking about how her, her grandmother was also cremated Mm -hmm. and the ashes were like dark. So it was like, even by age, your ashes resemble 
what you've been through. I, I just think that's amazing. That is fascinating. It's, it's like we go down with our, with all of what we've lived through. I've never looked at Eric's ashes. I've never opened the bag. They gave them to me. So I was leaving his funeral uh-huh. and they're like, oh, we have his ashes bag. Do you want him? Like, holy nonchalant. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, give me the fucker. I mean, I wanted him close to me anyways. Right. So I put him in my car and put him right next to me and brought him home. I don't know. Honestly, I don't know when. I want to find the spot. Like, I definitely want to find the spot for him because that's what he would want me to do. Like, he wants me to be in nature. Like, he wants me to be connected. He wants me to be grounded to the earth. He wants me to feel the earth, be a part of that. But I don't know that I'm anywhere near opening that box. I don't think you have to be rushed to. Yeah. I'm not from Russia. So why am I Russian? (laughs) (laughs) Now that is a quote from, I believe Nellie, the rapper. (laughs) I was telling a friend this week that I, um, so I listened to country music for some reason. I don't know why. I have no idea why, but that will make you cry. Oh gosh. Yeah. Just naturally just makes you cry. So Then I started listening to the absolute worst, most explicit 90s rap that I could find on the internet. I've been listening to it all week long. So, (laughs) and lo and behold, I have not been crying listening to that. Yeah. (laughs) That is intense. Have you been like rapping with it? (laughs) You know what? Cuss words and all. Yeah, I was telling someone it was something about, you know, it's it's interesting if if people I worked with knew that that was a music that I was listening to while I was working. Right. It would be interesting to <laughs> think that the director of HR listens to this type of music. But at least I wasn't crying, I guess. I think that's what they would prefer happy rather than crying. My poor work is so used to looking, we have glass offices and they're so used to looking in there and you never know what you're going to get with me. And I could be completely fine, ready to roll party. But other times I'm buried, my face buried in something because I'm crying Yeah, over Eric or something. But I will say for anyone who's listening to us, who is a widow and it's newer or, you know, I'm at a year in two months, Allie's, you know, unfortunately almost at a year. That for me, my bad days are less and less for me. Like I don't have as many bad days as I do good. Yeah, I can't speak for that. I think my days are harder than they were at the beginning. And I don't know... Again, this is just for me, but I, I don't know if it's because at that beginning I was so, I was trying to figure out how to single parent. It was so focused on just how do I do this? How do I just survive? It was like a survival time. And now that I've somewhat figured out, trust me, not figured it all out, how to single parent, which is the hardest job I've ever had in my life. Yes the hardest. Amen. I can now focus on or actually think about my grief. Mm-hmm. I, I seriously pushed it down for so long that it is coming up and it's terrifying and it's 
heartbreaking. And some days I don't know how to get through it. And I've told you this, Crystal, it's just, I just have to put one foot in front of the other and inch by inch. That's right. Inch by inch. And so that's what I'm doing. But again, my journey is different than everybody else's. So I do think that having you, you know, finding people that are, I really think are meant to be in my life have helped me tremendously. It it definitely, you in particular have helped me feel like I'm not alone, which is the hardest feeling is when you are feeling alone. But thank you for being here for me. I'm always going to be here for you right beside you. Thank you. I, that's my mission. I can't, I can't do this without you. I can't thank you enough. I mean, I was only three months out when I met you and it was so, so crazy. Like the loneliness I felt before I met you. Yeah. And it is a lonely feeling. And I think that's where I'm starting to realize that that is what it is. Like it, I, like it's not going to change. It's not, he's not coming back. Yeah. And that is the grief that I'm feeling now. So it's a different type of grief. Yeah. But I'm still, you know, I'm still so sad. I I mean, you know, I spent all day Sunday crying. Monday was ruined. You know, Tuesday was a little bit better. Yeah. Wednesday was good. You know, it, it just varies, right? You never know. But I can tell you, I don't sit in my car and cry anymore. I can get out of my car and go into work. That's good. I remember a moment when I had to text my boss once and say, I'm, here, I just can't get out of the car. Shortly after Eric passed away. I was actually reflecting with her the other day. We were talking about just my journey and where I'm at. And I was like, I was talking about, you know, we got Kevin on, you know, Eric's funeral is on Thursday. We got Kevin on Saturday and it came back to work the following Monday. And as we were talking, we were both like, oh my God, I can't believe I came back to work on Monday. So crazy to think that I didn't take that time off to grieve. I know. What were we thinking? I don't know. Because that's who we are. I remember when my friend Steve, our mutual friend Steve, who I work with now, but was telling me about you. Have I ever told you about this? What he said? Uh, I think so, but. Yeah. So he's like, you guys are both very driven. You're both very good at your jobs. He said, you guys are both runners. And he's like, I, like I, you guys need to meet. You guys are, were meant to be. Yeah, we were. Mm -hmm. You're right, Steve. You're right, Steve. Thank you. I know he'll listen. He's a great friend and he is super supportive to me, but I do appreciate Steve's introduction to you. Yeah. I'm so thankful. I can't imagine being right here, like where I would be without you. It's, we, we have been doing this, uh, grief. What is it? Counseling. It's like a group grief (laughs) therapy that we're doing. It's for our kids. It's for our kids. And I, I'm trying to keep an open mind. I just haven't been able to connect with any other grievers like I have with Crystal. And granted, a lot of these other grievers are, have very drastically different stories, but grief is everybody grieves. You're not going to, sorry, everybody, you're not going to get out of life without grieving, but I haven't met anybody like Crystal. It's like, I, I, we, I don't know. I just connect so much with you. I 
left that. Remember how anxious I was that night? Which night? Wednesday night. <laughs> oh, the last. Wednesday okay, night. Last, okay, yeah. the last so one. I'm not anxious. I'm not an anxious person. Allie's meaning like which time when we went yes. to grief. Yes, I'm sorry. No, Crystal's. <laughs> I'm a pretty even keeled gal. You doll. are. Yes. Um, but. Just this last week, I, after I got home, I had text a friend. I was like, I feel like I'm suffocating because my kids are always near me. I was in this grief counseling and like everything is closing in beside me. And I just need to like break free. Yeah. Just needed to break free from that grief counseling. Like group therapy is, I think that is really beneficial to a lot of people. And I am getting some stuff out of group therapy for sure, but it's not probably my style. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, um, it's great for our children. So yeah, I, I'm so thankful that they have something like this for children who are grieving, uh, so that they can be around other kids. It's basically so that they can meet other kids that are going through similar situations Mm -hmm. so that if they've lost a parent or a sibling, it's great. But what happens is the kids go in one room and then the adults go in another room. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, it's really hard for me to get something out of it, but I am trying. It's definitely better than I did a, at the very beginning, you know, I think a lot of people try to help you out and they say, Hey, try this, try that, try this therapy, try, try this grief counseling. And so I did at my church they had a group of people who had lost their spouse over the previous year. They were doing like an eight week uh, group therapy grief session. And so I thought, okay, I'll try this. I, I was three months out from Ross passing and I was desperate at that point to just talk about my grief. And I went and I was the youngest by at least 30 years, like at least <laughs> And I was, (laughs) I lasted one week. Like I was, I left the first meeting so pissed off. I was so angry, not at anybody in particular. It was just how the heck can I relate to, there was a 90 year old man, bless his heart, who had lost his wife of, I don't even know. I I feel like it was like 75 years Mm -hmm. and him and his wife, had this great marriage. They had what six kids, Oh wow, 30 grandkids. Mm-hmm. And his wife passed away when she was like 89 from a heart attack, like mm-hmm. went very quickly. Okay. And so he was grieving, sad. Mm-hmm. very sad. I mean, I probably sound like an asshole, but he was basically grieving the past, oh. right? You know, mm-hmm. he's grieving what they had together and she was his whole life and everything. And it was very sweet. So it got to me and I had to talk about my story. And again, I was like, I looked at that, that 90 year old man and I bless his heart. But I said, I would give anything in my life to have what you had. Like I would give anything for that. My God. Yeah, Sally. And And I am grieving my future. Like my future is taken away from me. My kids future. I feel like my kids future is taken away from them. So I'm grieving myself and my two kids future. And I, I just, it made me so angry. You know, I 
just left there. And I just thought, you know, I, I, why, you know, why did this mm-hmm. happen? Um, and I was mad at myself for feeling so angry at these <laughs> Poor people, 90 year old people that lost their spouses. Sweet dude. He was so sweet. I'm so sorry. I just sound like an ass. You're not. I just was like, I was so angry. Not at him. The situation. situation. But that's what a lot of these grief, I think counseling are, are people that are of an older generation who have lost their spouse. Um, It's anyways, I don't know. I know. I totally, I'm not a grief counseling kind of person. I, my grief counseling is I'm pretty happy talking to you. Yeah. Pretty happy talking to, you know, anything to do with my faith or anything to do with other friends that I have that are widows and widowers. That's really therapeutic to me. Yeah. That's a comfortable space for me to live in. That's going to help me to move forward. Right. I intentionally have avoided a more mature population because of that exact reason in regards to grief. But I have a pen pal. Do you know that? You have a pen pal? Yeah. So after Eric died, you know, I had all that publicity over the obituary and a woman found me on the internet and began writing me letters. Oh. And she lives in Omaha and she's older and she lives in Bellevue and she writes me these letters and I respond back to her and she's a hilarious. She's a who? Like I love writing letters with her. Did you write to her about this podcast? I did. Yeah. She's really great because she writes me weekly. And I can't always respond because I, I have so much else going on in my life. Um, but I just, the most recent letter that I responded to her, which I haven't heard back. I hope I have a letter in the mailbox when I get home. I'm worried something happened to her because I haven't heard back and that's not like her. Hmm. But hopefully I have a letter in the mailbox when I get home. I look forward to hearing from her. I love getting letters. After the obituary went viral, I got so many letters from people just telling me about their own stories. Super cool. So many people reaching out to talk about their grief and their situation. And I think that's when I, I realized I had a calling. Like I had a gift and I, I like helping others. Yeah. That's why I've been really good at it. The careers I've been in, it's the world I live in. It's yeah. Although it would be nice, you know, I always like sometimes it's like, can someone help me be nice? But, you know, I'm trying. And you do. I want to be there for you. When you help me so much. I can't tell you how helpful that was for me. Who else would tell me I look smoking hot in my skirts? She does. (laughs) I should see her. You should see the skirt she's wearing now. It's like hiked up. I'm like, oh, God, I'll get over it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, All right. We better wrap things up tonight because, uh, quite honestly, my sitter needs to go home. <laughs> because when you're a single parent, you have to plan for that. So oh, the kids have school tomorrow. They do have school tomorrow. Uh, thank you guys all for listening. It means so much to us that we have one listeners and two all the positive feedback we've heard you know when crystal and i started this we never thought we didn't know what was going to happen we but um we have realized how special this is and thank you just thank you for listening it means so much to me yeah i'm gonna mimic that i can't thank the people who have been listening to this and giving me feedback and just 
helping us feel like this means something. Yeah. I think that's the most important thing to us, that it means something and it's helping someone else somewhere. Yeah. Even if you're not grieving, we're just thankful that you're listening. Yeah. All right. Signing off from the widowhood, the best slash worst hood to be in. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Good night.